When life throws you a curveball, how are you going to handle adversity? Welcome to the Fearless Mindset Podcast, where you're about to go on a journey as I interview security, business, and entertainment leaders on what it takes to stay fearless. I'm your host, Mark Ludlow, and enjoy today's episode. Here we are, James. Hey, Mark. Great to see you. You too, buddy. If anybody doesn't know who James is, he's the... um, what is your title over there, Gavin Vector? I forgot. Uh, Senior Vice President of uh, Quality and Protection. Okay. And that's what James does now professionally. He's uh, a trainer at Gavin Becker and left the, uh, the feds and uh, joined us all here at the private sector, this crazy world we call private security. That's right. That's right. But, yeah. Um, thanks for joining us, James. And uh, James and I have been talking about uh, – the issues that had just hit us, uh, especially everybody's knowing what's going on in Denver, Colorado. And I just kind of want to reach out to James a little bit, and discuss uh, what could be done better uh, based on the videos we've seen, use of force, pepper spray versus lethal. Yeah, we know how that all plays out. So, James, you know, I, I want your expert opinion on what you think on all that. Uh, kind of like we talked about last time, uh, the, the hammer doctrine, and if you've only brought a hammer, well, then you're going to use that for the job. And I'm not saying whether he should have shot this guy or not. I, I wasn't there. Um, right. I haven't heard the uh, audio. Uh, I've seen the video. Um, I've seen the photographs. Um, how does he articulate, you know, his his eminent danger? That's up to him. That and I, when I mean him, I mean the security. Uh, individual that is uh, now in custody. Uh, it'll be up to him to articulate what he felt and, uh, you know, whether he was in that type of fear that would lead him to, to press a trigger on a guy. And again, I wasn't there, but I know the, the legal standard is eminent danger of death or serious bodily injury. And then how you articulate that is really up to him. And, um, you know, in the police world, you're judged by the reasonable officer. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, this individual will be judged by a reasonable, you know, jurors in, in Colorado, I guess is how it's going to look. Um, but I don't know if he had any other tools with him. Um, I do understand from reading it, he was on some type of protective assignment. So I, I think I was just curious, and I think many of your listeners would be curious as to, you know, where was the client um, during the gunplay? Um, is, was there an ability to get them out of that area? Um, I, do, I don't know. I just, but that's my first thought uh, as a protector would be keep my people safe and uh, move them away from that situation. It looked like I've seen a video of this individual that was shot um, kind of arguing with someone else. And then, then the, uh, the other situation happened. So I'm wondering if our you know, situation we're discussing, which is a shooting, if, if the protector there could have moved that crew away or maybe they needed to get the shot. I, again, I wasn't there. Um, but again, legally, that's you know, some of the hurdles. And everyone's talking now about whether he was licensed or not. Believe me, that's that's not his biggest concern. A homicide charge is the biggest concern. You know, a, a lot operating without a license in the state of Colorado, I read was either some type of civil or administrative fine. Uh, that's the least of this gentleman's worries right now. Um, whether or not he, he uh, worked for Pinkerton or that was subcontracted, again, I don't know if that's clear yet. I've heard differing things, um, but it, it's, I think we all know that that's probably stuff that goes on in the industry. Um, sure. I, 
you know, I don't, again, I don't know enough about it, but I do know that it looked like he only had one tool, uh, a very nice tool, by the way, if you look at what he was using, that thing was pretty tricked out. And, um, he, yeah, I uh, saw the video image of it. it looked like he had a red dot scope on it or something. Maybe he was running an optic and it, it almost looked like he had a threaded barrel for a suppressor. There wasn't a suppressor on it, but it looked threaded on the end. So, you know, and he had a great grip. So it tells me he's got some training from somewhere, which is, you know, that's great. Um, I, again, I just don't know enough about it, um, but it, it obviously didn't make me question kind of where, where the principle was. Um, but, you know, for all the, I think for the listeners, I think it's really good for them to kind of think, I always like to, you know, put yourself in that situation, you know, okay, this is you. Um, what do you do now? And, and now it's too late to go get liability insurance, right? You better have already had it. Uh, it's probably a little too late to get a good lawyer. You should have already already had them on retainer. Um, you know, and, and what do you say if you press the trigger on somebody? Do you kind of have a, you know, something written down in a card somewhere that will kind of help you remember, you know, the legal authority, all that stuff. Um, you know, I hope that, that that's what this gentleman has. Um, but those are things for your listeners that they really need to be thinking about um, is if, you know, you're in this situation, you know, okay, what do you do next? I mean, luckily, you know, he cooperated with law enforcement. He put his hands up. He was taken into custody, which is fine. Um, but, uh, you know, man, what, what now? And, and that lawsuit, there's going to be lawsuits, obviously. Um, it's it's going to be ugly. Um, and I think yeah. it's, uh, it sounded like that was a, from based on what I saw on the media, social media, it sounded like it may have been Pinkman's contract or something, and then they subbed it out to a company on the ground in Colorado. That's kind of what I heard. I, I think know. I probably read the same article you did. Um, again, I just don't know enough about it. Um, but it does sound like the news uh, company felt like they were contracting with Pinkerton. Um, that's what they're saying. Um, so that's uh, kind of a lesson for everybody who do who does contracts. I guess you know, make sure the client's getting what, what uh, you know you're taking money for. Um, but I, I again try to stay in my lane, and, and from a tactical perspective, it's really on how this individual articulates it. I mean, he was you know there was a I should back up. I apologize, but there was a physical assault prior to the shooting so right the, the guy yeah, the pushing pushing shoving i saw that on video yeah well there's a guy with the spray who got shot he did slap this uh security guy in the head and, and oh. then sprayed him and then security guy you know uh drew and fired um so again i don't know uh, and i know a lot of the listeners and i think i've seen a little bit of this thread on linkedin you know uh a lot of people are talking about, you know, the police training, which is, you know, if you get pepper sprayed, you can use deadly force because you can be incapacitated and the subject can take your gun away. That is standard police academy lingo that's been taught for 30 years. Please try not to lump that into this, okay, because there is no indication to anyone at that moment that that individual was law enforcement or security or anything, right? Remember, you're teaching police cadets or or any uh, law enforcement cadet, hey, if you get sprayed, you can be incapacitated. That's because you're in a uniform and they know you're a cop, right? And you got an exposed firearm with a big Sam Brown belt. Well, this individual had no such stuff. So I don't think you can go down that road of, you know, he could incapacitate me and take my gun. Well, how does he know you even have a gun, right? Like, you got to be careful with that one. That's that's a police officer's excuse because that's what they're trained. But I don't think a private security guy gets such uh, a luxury. 
Um, oh, I just, great I just, point. You know, I, I, I don't see it. Maybe some of your listeners can set me straight on that. Uh, I'm not <laughs> saying it can't incapacitate you. I, I am saying that it, it's it's um, the argument of, well, they're going to take your gun and kill you with it, which is what they tell police officers. I don't know if you can make that leap because how does how does anyone know this individual even has a gun? You know, he's, it was concealed. Um, so I, I don't know about that one. Um, but he was assaulted and he was taking something, some type of spray. And you could argue, you know, you can argue it. It just depends on, you know, kind of what the jury believes. Um, but again, if you had another tool, right. you maybe, you maybe don't kill the guy, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you use something else, you know, but I wasn't there again. Um, but I, I do think it, uh, it presents, presents some challenges. Um, and the other thing no one's talking about would be, um, how was he carrying um, I'm not talking about a lot. I'm not talking about the city of the Denver's license. I'm talking about, does he have a permit for that gun? You know, that's going to be another charge. You know, and in some States that's a felony carrying, you know, concealed without a permit. Um, so Ouch. to all your listeners, you know, make sure so you can be looking at criminal charge. You can be looking at civil charges and being sued by the, the uh, deceased gentleman by his family civil suit and probably, I'm sure prison time Yeah, I mean, based on the jury. It's all uncomfortable and unfavorable, um, but it, it does elicit my, my hope anyway for you and for the listeners is that it, it elicits a intelligent conversation with people in the industry. Okay. Sure. I use, you know me, I use my words very specifically. It elicits an intelligent conversation, right? Like I, I want people to have an intelligent conversation and, and, you know, believe me, I'm not saying guns are bad. I love guns. I, I, that's not it. It's just, maybe that's not the only tool you want to have on your belt. You know, you, right. you need to have multiple tools and um, sometimes they cause, you know, cause, cause a lot of issues. Um, so. Maybe judo or some self-defense tactical reaction knee-jerk reaction would have been better than you know if he is able to fend him off like create more space he's can got peppers the area yeah can you leave the area yeah. back walk backwards oh you see him taking that canister out oh that's not literally leave the weapon so give yourself 10 feet of space so when he sprays you guess what you won't get a hit yeah. but it's easier to be a second back and be the armchair quarterback and when you're not there like you say we weren't there so we really don't know what was said or what he saw what they both saw of each other it's just uh so, crazy but the company that had that contract on the ground are probably looking at major major issues now yeah i mean it's it's really sad i mean it, it really is i just i just again hope it elicits a, a smart conversation with people about you know how you have, how you're doing business. And then, okay, if this does happen, God forbid, you know, what do you do now? Um, Cause believe me, this is not the time to start asking yourself the questions I just mentioned, you know, and, and, and you hope you're covered with insurance and, and, and all the other types of things, legal representation. Um, but yeah, I just, wow. Crazy. Yeah. How are things looking for <laughs> for the rest of the year you guys have, i'm assuming you guys have been pretty busy over there yeah everyone's busy and um still you know COVID obviously is still involved uh, in a lot of the operations um we're getting just like anybody i think we're getting uh requests for service 
uh, especially with the civil unrest being, you know, much higher than it's been, you know, in years. And uh, as I look down the road toward the election, I, I think you're you're going to see a little bit, you know, I would say more. It's not going to go down, I don't believe. And that'll obviously cause folks to, to want to have security. Uh, I just, you know, again, pray that in 2020, we have like a, a peaceful transition, um, you know, a clear winner. And we just kind of, you know, move into the, the next chapter. Um, I think a prolonged uh, uh, election with uh, an unknown uh, outcome uh, for a while could cause uh, some instability that uh, it would be unfavorable. Very unfavorable. And the likelihood of them that court justice seat will be 50-50 shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think those hearings started today and we'll, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I think for guys in the industry, just keep your cards up and keep your you know phone on because, uh, you know, there's going to be work. Um, I think people are going to want some extra extra security uh, come election time. Um, and, you know, LAPD and, and the other big departments, especially California, you know, they're they're really taking it on the chin right now. And I don't mean just to defund, but, you know, the calls for service are up, you know, all of it. And, you know, their their morale has to be tough. It has to be very, very tough right now to, to be in that world. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know I'm seeing I'm seeing it and, and I feel bad for them. Um, but we we have got to continue to you know to answer the call and, and you know provide a, a nice service to people who are paying for. Yeah, I just saw um, after the Lakers just won the championship, I saw some video footage somewhere of where they've been. There was some looting by the, some fans and all that, and celebration and all that on the streets of LA. And I'm like, whoa! They were they weren't even protesting. <laughs> they were still getting hit. It's, just, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough right now. Tough. And I, I feel, again, you know, I, I was there, you know, much as you, you know, we pushed a cruiser around. And I mean, I remember those days and it's just tough. That's a tough, tough way to make a living. And my heart goes out to those folks, those men and women that are doing it. Um, but man, if, uh, if we could hire one of them, I'd be happy, you know, more than one, but I'd be happy to get one. Uh, if anyone's looking for a career change, give us a call. Um, because, you know, it's a, it's a little nicer environment, I think, to work for us than uh, be out oh, there yeah. in the car. You know. So, Gavin D. you I'm sure your request for services is probably exploding with the, the fear factor and everything just going on. You're probably getting calls from everybody you can think of right now as far as, hey, can you put some guys on our estate and man up for a while and ball yeah. blows over? And I think, you know, all boats rise together type of a concept. I mean, we're obviously busy and we're helping, you know, other companies that do, well, you know, you know, if we can't fill a contract, you know, we're helping any way we can um, just to try to get service to folks. Uh, it is tough right now. It is, it is very, very difficult, um, you know, because people are scared. And, you know, if, if you study like the hierarchy of needs, you know, the very first hierarchy is, you know, food and water. And shelter. Well, the very second thing is safety. And so, you know, we, we are providing something that humans need, you know, and, and it's, it's intrinsic in that the human experience is to want to have safety and security. So, you know, I mean, I would tell the people in the, in the industry that are listening, you know, you're, you're, you're in a good spot and, you know, do a nice job, be competent, be responsive. You'll be successful. 
you know. Absolutely. I'll say that again. Be confident and be responsive. And you'll be successful. Yeah, my phone was blowing up all weekend on, hey, is there going to be more work coming around the corner after the elections? And I'm like, well, watch my podcast because James is sharing and Mike Trotz shared and Ted Fred Burton on a minute ago. It's not going to be a lack of – definitely not going to be a lack of work out there with no, everything going on. You're going to see that, you know, the travel is going to return. Um, I was watching CNBC the other day, and a really smart guy, smarter than me, he said, you know, they were asking about the airline stocks, and he said, if you don't buy the airline stocks right now, then you are basically saying you believe COVID will be here forever and will never travel again, right? And if you – who believes that? I mean, certainly we're going to get out of this at some point. And, uh, and I kind of look at field work as the same way, you know, we're, we're eventually going to get back to concerts, uh, you know, those types of public appearance deals out in the world. Uh, it's going to come back eventually. Now it's going to probably look different. There may be masks or maybe this or that, you know, maybe more uh, hand sanitizer and less handshaking, but I do believe we're going to get back to it. And, and the best thing for guys to do is, you know, stay up physically, stay up mentally, keep your licenses up and be ready to answer the call. Um, you know, and, and if you get that call, you know, knock it out of the park. You know, don't hit a single, man. Hit a home run. Great point. You know, do a great job, you know. Yeah, my mi- biggest complaint, James, is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a partner in a company myself. I have Ludlow Security Group, and uh, I have a partner in California as well. And what I've seen, my biggest pet peeve is answer your phone. Yeah. And a lot of guys, they'd rather text. But if I'm texting, I'm missing a phone call. And I know a lot of these millennials, they'd like to text, and that's how they communicate. But when you get that phone call from a weird number, yeah, you may want to block it. But right now, this is the time to shine and build your brand. Yeah. And if you're so a little practitioner like I used to be, your, your phone is your office, it's your business, and that's how you, you know, get yourself known out there. And it only takes one. You know, like that, I think that's important for everyone – you know, listening to, to remember is it only takes one call and, and, you know, you do a great job with that client and you treat them well and you provide, you know, confidence, man, they're going to call you back. And it's just like going to a good restaurant. You know, they're going to call and, and tell five of their buddies or email five of their buddies and say, Hey, I had this great experience, you know, with Mark Ludlow or whatever. And um, man, you know, that you're going to get another call and another call. Um, and, but it only takes one, and it's how you start with that one. But the very first step, like you said, you got to answer the call, right? Because they're going to keep calling. You know, if they're looking for some service and they've got a list of five names, then they call the first one. And he doesn't answer. They're going to go to number two. They're not waiting on number one to call them back. They're going to keep moving, right? And if you know number two answers and he's responsive or she's responsive, well, number one, you just missed out, you know, because you were too you didn't want to answer your phone. Well, sorry, bro. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and a lot of guys I know, they're collecting unemployment right now. And uh, I know I had a buddy that was trying to fill a corporate contract in Southern California. I'm not going to discuss names because of the NDA I signed with him. But that corporate client, we we called – we had 30 people lined up to work, 30 locations. And the answer was, um, I make more money on unemployment than working. And yeah, I get you got to pay your bills, but you're given the opportunity to work. And then yeah, the exposure to COVID nineteen, that was another concern for health 
risk health issues. So I get that. But um, there's a time and place where you have to make that decision. Are you going to push through that threshold and, you know, network? Because networking is basically when you're working. That's when you're networking. That's an interview. You realize you don't realize you're doing an interview, but you are. People are watching you perform. It might be a boring post, 12-hour day on your feet, but you do a great job and have that client responding to your point of contact saying, hey, Jeff did a great job at XYZ location for X client. Guess what? That that was an endorsement. You don't know that, but that's an endorsement. That's how this industry works. So if you're a millennial and you're trying to figure out how this thing works, that, that's how it works. Like James said, that first call, you know, answer your phone and don't get stuck in text. Some people like to communicate and text me. I hate texting with a passion because it doesn't convey your voice, your passion, and all that. That's why, you know, I know millennials love it, but it's the best way to communicate to guys like James and myself. I don't know, James, are you more of a texture voice guy on the phone? How do you I, like I like to talk. I like this a lot because I can see your face. Um, you know, I like FaceTime. I like Zoom uh, just because I can see you. But, yeah, I like to talk on the phone, even though I'm from the South and a lot of people don't understand me. Uh, that, that is my <laughs> preferred way to communicate. Um, and they get it, you know, they get to see you and they get to kind of get a feel for, okay, you know, is this person, you know, confident and do they look the part, you know, Hey, I mean, that, that does matter. I hate to tell you, um, but it matters. You know, I, I, I take a look at a guy, I mean, who wants to protect me. I'm, I'm going to take a look at him, you know, and he, he, he better be impressive, you know? Um, so, and I, I think that's, that's a huge piece of it is, is that first impression. And, and like you said, that first impression starts with the communication and um, not a text or but an actual phone call and a responsive, you know, callback or what have you. And then the first meeting, you've already set, you know, you've already set the stage for that first meeting by, you know, being confident on the phone, being responsive. And then when you get there, you're just kind of, you know, reassuring them that you are what you said you are. Um, but yeah, again, everything's a communication. I don't think a lot of folks, especially maybe the younger crowd, understand that. They don't understand that, like, your footwear is a communication, right? If you're wearing a suit and you're you're wearing core fams, which I see a lot, you know, no offense to the guys from the military, but core fams don't get it done in a business suit. You know, and for those listening don't know what core fams are, those are patent leather shoes that are fake, plastic, shiny shoes. They don't get it done in the private sector. Um, they don't, you know, if you're wearing leather shoes that look like, uh, you shine them with a chocolate bar, uh, that doesn't get it done either. Clients know the difference. You know, they can tell if you take time to put a coat of shine on your shoes and you pay attention to something like that, that they, they notice, right. And, and that's how I, I look at someone. And I, that's the first place I start is their shoes. And if they look good, I will go up, but if it's a you know, bag of crap, when I look down there, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence because remember we're, we're doing safety and security. So they want to have confidence in your ability. You know, can you do this? Right. I mean, can you protect me? That's a huge deal, man. I mean, I, I think I could count on five fingers, the number of people who I would let protect my family. Right. Cause my standards are that high. You know, I mean, this is a big deal. And I think a lot of guys go, oh, it's, you know, I'm just doing security. No, you're not. You're protecting another human being. You know, and I tell my protectors all the time, look in the mirror, look at yourself honestly and say, would you hire you? Would you pay money for you? And what I want them to say is, hell yeah. Yes, sir. 
yeah, I'd pay for me. And if they say, well, I don't think I would, you need to fix it. You need to up your game, you know, inspire confidence, do something. Now, James, what's the biggest, uh, I noticed you hit on attire. Is that what you hear most from your clients without your, you gave any Becker agents when they have a complaint, it's usually about the attire or the wardrobe they're wearing. Is that kind of what you hear? It matters. Um, you know, it, it definitely matters just because, you know, we have, you know, we, we're just like any other company. We have clients that prefer a certain thing or whatever. Um, but just it, it really doesn't matter about like who the clients are as far as a company. It, is it as far as I, you know, when I do an interview with somebody, that's what I'm looking at. You know, the very first thing is, you know, are they on time? Are they responsive? And are they professional? Well, if they're wearing flip-flops and board shorts for a uh, you know an interview for our for our company, well, we're not a surf company, man, you know, and, and that's not appropriate for the environment. So if they think just because it goes back to mentality, if they think board shorts and flip-flops are good for that company, and they're not, then mentally, where are they? Where where is this candidate, right? What else do they think wrongly about, you know? And to me, it tells you an awful lot about their mindset. And then, you know, another good example would be, you know, we tell candidates, hey, here's the fit test. These are the standards. And by showing up, you're telling us you can do it. Well, if you show up and you can't, we have an integrity issue. Yeah, integrity. Yeah, it seems like the, the lacking in the last six months I've heard is lack of communication, no accountability. And they don't even show up. <laughs> but that's your yeah. reputation. You know, like you said, you know, you're just, you're establishing your reputation. So if you go, you answer your phone, you do a nice job as a young protector, or the word gets out, you're establishing your brand. Now it's up to you to establish what kind of brand that is. That can be a professional brand of responsiveness and competency. And yes, sir, I'll do that. Or it could be a brand of that guy doesn't show up. If he does show up, he complains when he does show up and complain, he looks like crap too. And I don't have any confidence in him. Well, that's your brand. Rightly or wrongly, but you're right. creating your brand every day. And in this business, you know, so much of what we do is, is, you know, it's, it's what they see. It's what they feel. It's um, the confidence you inspire. You're developing that brand every single day, man, every single day. Well, it's all like uh, for the young millennials watching this, like, Imagine you're, you're trying out for the football team. You're trying to make the football team. You have your practice jersey, practice equipment you wear, then you have game day uniform. And when you're going for the interview, like for Gavin D. Becker, you're trying to get a, a, a shot at interviewing James himself or through their hiring process, you got to put that corporate image on. You got to put that, pretend like you're giving me that executive you're protecting. That's the image that they're looking for. They want that confidence. So they don't want that you know who you are when you're walking there, you got to be, you know, 10 feet uh, tall and bulletproof. No one's going to, no one's going to mess with you. You got to have that aura about you. And that's what Gavin yeah, Becker is looking for. And you guys are hiring like crazy right now, aren't you? Looking yeah, for yeah, people. We are. we are. We're hiring uh, all over the country. Uh, obviously California is a big place for us, but Seattle, Texas, Atlanta, New York, um, you know, please, please, anyone interested, please look at uh, gdba.com uh, careers, join us. There's a, have this is join us or heck just hit me up on LinkedIn uh, and I'll get right back to you. I'm crazy about responsiveness as you know, 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, take your shot, man. You know, just take your shot. That's what get, just get in it. You know, I was talking to my troops the other day about, you know, just, just do the job, go do the work, you know, and do a great job and, and good things will happen to you, man. They will. Um, but again, you're creating your brand and, and you want that to be a good brand and you want it to be something that people are impressed by and, uh, and they want to hire you again or call you back or put you on a, a you know, a, a high profile client. Um, that's, uh, that's very, very important. Hey, now, James, are you allowed to say kind of ballpark figure what your entry level guys are making and that your top guys are making? Or are you allowed to say any of that? No, but uh, there, I believe on the on the site it does talk about kind of where they start. But you know everything's negotiable. I always tell guys, you know, what do you bring to the table? Do you have a CCW? Do you, are you EMT, paramedic? Um, you know, are you a rescue swimmer? You know, uh, any of those types of advanced, you know, NRA pistol uh, instructor, uh, anything like that. And to me, you know, make sure you let us know because that's part of the negotiation, right? Like. That could help you with salary. They could help you with consideration. Um, you might say, because we have this, uh, you know, we have a, a situation where you can maybe live in another part of the country if you have certain credentials and, and travel and be on a ready team type status. But, you know, you could live somewhere that maybe isn't as expensive. What's that worth to you? You know, so everything's a negotiation with regards to money. Um, again, if it's if it's about five grand, I don't know if, if, if you really want to do the work, you know, it, 5,000 is not a whole lot of money because um, there's other things that are money. I tell people this all the time. Um, wh- what is it worth to you to work with professionals? What is it worth to you to work in a good environment? What is it worth to you to, to feel as though you have good company benefits? What, what is it worth to you to feel supported by your leadership? Uh, what is it worth to you to be pr- have pride in what you do and how you do it and who you do it for? What's that worth to you? You know, to me, that's all money. That's money that you, it may not be money that you pay your rent with, but it's still money, right? Um, and I think guys listening or girls listening who've done this type of work know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, if you're working with solid professionals and you do a really tough job in a tough environment, what's that worth to you? Well, you can't put a price tag on that. You can't. Now, obviously, um, I know people got to make a living, but um, I think our folks do quite well. And, uh, but they got to put in the work. They got to put in the work. Yeah, earn, earn that respect before you earn that check. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, man, it's good seeing you. You too. Yeah. It's, uh, I've been stuck up here and uh, doing a consulting gig for a corporation here in Portland, Oregon. And I uh, have to say, I'm quarantined. I just found out you cannot leave your bubble for indefinite period of time like crap <laughs> but COVID-19 you know yeah. we got to protect ourselves and uh I'm getting treated well I get a corporate uh place I'm living at and uh, they take care of that great uh corporate client Good. and uh I'm making some money and the company's Good. making some level security group and of course James is with uh, Gavity Becker and hey James you got any books you're going to be writing anytime soon <laughs> I sure am thinking about it. I, you <laughs> might do that. Eighth person has asked me about that. Um, and I, I, I am thinking about it. I got to talk to, you know, obviously you know, talk to Gavin before I do something like that. Sure. Uh, I think I'd like to. But it, yeah. you, know, you, you also kind of feel, I don't know, maybe you felt this way when you started a podcast. It's like, who the hell would listen or, you know, who the hell would write a book? You know, who the hell would read it? Um, I, I don't know. Exactly. I, I feel like I got something to say, but 
I don't know. Would anyone read it? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I really hope anyone listening just I hope something helped them and resonated with them. And again, you know, Mark and I were not uh, second guessing this thing in Denver. We're just trying to, you know, maybe have you look at it, you know, your optics, look at it a little bit differently. Um, just the reality is going to sit in and it has for this gentleman. Um, just some stuff that, you know, wow, you got to be thinking about. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Thank you, you know, I was just looking at that video. I'm like, it'd be me when I was 23, 24, getting in the business, you know, not properly trained, use of force. It can be anybody. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a second back or armchair quarterback and do this and this and call people out. I mean, that's, that's not my role. I just want to empower, lift people up. And uh, I do not want to be throwing people under the bus over that situation because we need to learn from those situations, not blame. We got to learn. And like that's, you said, Jake. That's the only way the industry gets better, you know, is Absolutely. having a discussion and, and raising it up and, and, you know, just making it better for everybody. Um, and I think we're doing that. I really, really do. I, I, I mean, I haven't been in it that long, just five years, and, and I'm seeing a marked difference in, you know, kind of the quality of stuff that's going on out there, and, and that's great. And I think if we can just all collectively just keep getting better, uh, you know, again, be competent, be responsive, be respectful. Um, but get the job done. Uh, I think we're, we're all going to be winners, you know, at the end of the day, it's really about protecting another human being. And, and I think that, you know, it, it should be everything for us. It's what we do. Amen. What we do is the calling. You know, I, when I got in this business, I thought to myself, I want to be a bodyguard. I work in LA and I was working in the juvenile correction facility in Oregon. And I was watching YouTubes of those high-powered bodyguards protecting whatever celebrities on because I was bored work a night shift at the detention facility. I'm like, that'd be cool. And it's just, it's definitely, it's a calling. It's in your DNA. And uh, once you get there, you get the pumping a little bit and get the drilling going and it gets a scary situation. But I've loved it. I mean, I've loved doing it. And here I am doing it for this client up here. And can't believe I get paid for what I'm doing. But hey, it's the industry sometimes. You, you pay your dues like you James has paid his dues, the EP of Gavin D. Becker, and do what he loves to do. He's a protector by nature, and uh, it's just uh, in our DNA. And and if you're looking for that opportunity, just keep knocking those doors down and network. Network, like James said, through LinkedIn. And I, I, I'm getting people from all over the world reaching out to me over my uh, Frank Mirrors. And... I'm just me. I'm a human being that wants to serve serve our community, being a Marine and help out those vets. And I just have a heart for helping people out. But, you know, James is busy with his time, and we're able to scratch his time out to just reach out to the audience. Thanks for having me, brother. And, and let me just say thanks to my any of my protectors that are listening, uh, GDBA protectors, thanks. And I appreciate everything that you do every single day, and you know that. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Mark.